Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Daniel, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, how you doing? Wonderful. How about you? Well, you were talking about flooring earlier, and uh, I've got maybe what's a little bit of a unique situation. My house is... I bought it recently, and it's been added on to a couple times, and I wanted to replace the flooring in it. Now, half of it is pure and beam. Half of it is slab. Okay. Is there a good solution for flooring that's going to take care of both of those that I can put in in one go? Are you going to try to cross that line where they tie together with this flooring, or is it okay if they butt up to each other there? Well, I want them to match. Yep. Um, the idea was I was thinking I would cross that line. There's a stairway, just a couple steps, just a little step down. Okay. Where it transitions from one foundation to the other. So they can kind of butt up against each other. Okay. So we're not. I'm not really worried about you know expansion because like the pyramid beam expands at a different rate than the right the slab foundation. So we're not worried about that kind of thing. Okay. Well, then your choices would be, you could go with a tile, you can go with mm-hmm. a wood, you could go with a laminate. Obviously, you could go with carpet. So any I can any go with of the wood. F- oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because that's that's really what I wanted to do, but I didn't know if there was something that I had to worry about as far as making it where it would, you know. Here's, here's the only part, since since it, since the transition is right there at a stair, at a step, mm-hmm. the only issue that you're going to have is when the two slab or foundation types move. And they're going to move. All foundations move a little bit. Right, yeah. And I know that. I'm not really worried about the fact that they move. Just I know yeah. it's going to either but buckle the, or... Well, there. not if you not if you do it properly though, because if you bring the, I'm, I'm assuming the higher one is the pier and beam part. Yeah, naturally. Yeah, so you bring the wood out to where the face drops down, stepping into the slab part. Uh-huh. Where the where you have that transition, don't nail it on both the the original house and the add part. Only nail it on the original part and have it overhang on the addition stair mm-hmm. as a sliding transition. So as okay. the two move up and down, that trim board moves up and down with the top without moving the the board under it, but have right. your face come all the way up behind it. So I would use something uh, that's probably about two inches tall or so as as a transition trim piece on my stairs. Yeah, now I really wanted to go with a natural wood, uh, yeah. engineered lumber or something like that. That's not going to be a problem on the slab? No, not at all. Okay. Just don't don't glue it down. Use a floating. Okay, so like an underlayment and then yep. float it on top of that? Yep. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, I am living in a condo, and the cigarette smoke from the person next door is wafting through my vent. AC vent, electrical switch plugs, and the ceiling light fixtures on that uh, side. Uh-huh. And I was wondering, would the uh, air leak detector 
or the American leak detector, do you think they would work on air as well as uh, water? No, ma'am. They they only do water detection okay. type stuff. Can uh, you recommend anybody that might be able to come and help me block on um, this absolutely. side? Absolutely. Uh, oh, I'm so need, grateful. Give Due West Air Conditioning a call. I'll uh, do it. And talk to Gary. Now, Gary... Okay. Uh, I actually know of a condo that he did this to because uh, they were having the same problem. They were getting the smoke in from the yes. neighboring unit. And basically what he was able to do is pressurize the unit, you know, that he's working on. Uh-huh. Bring fresh air in from outside. It pressurizes your unit so it keeps their air from coming into your unit. Wonderful. Oh, I'm just so grateful to you. I listen all the time, and I'm just always getting little hints and putting more pieces into the puzzle. Thank you for all that you do for all of us. Oh, not a problem. It's my pleasure. I always have a great time doing the show. Well, I look forward to listening. Thank you very, you, very much. You're welcome. And let, oh, let me give you the number for Due West Air Conditioning. It's 713 okay. 475-0004. Perfect. Thank you very, very much, Jim. Have You're a good welcome. Afternoon. You too. Bye bye. Thank you. And and that's a that's a common problem in apartments and condos. Now, I don't. You, you can't really do anything on apartments because the the owners don't want to put the money into doing what it takes to fix it. But on a condominium, you absolutely can do it. And when I say the money, they won't put two dollars in for a thermostat, let alone. Uh, you know, the, the right equipment to make something like this take place. But when you own your own condo or townhomes and things like that, you absolutely can take care of these problems. And it's a lot of times not as bad as you think it's going to be. Jeff, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Yes, Mr. Jim. I have a question in regards to insulation. You have two lines of thinking as far as sealing up a home and not sealing up a home using traditional fiberglass baths or mineral wool versus actually using a foam to seal up your home. What is your independent thoughts on that process? I'm a hybrid guy. Okay. I like the foam in the walls because inch for inch you cannot beat the foam insulation. It has the highest R value inch per inch. But a house in our climate has to be able to breathe. So in order to do that, use fiberglass in the attic, foam in the walls. Because in the attic, you've got the room to pile up the insulation. Whether, whether it's foam or fiberglass, R39 is R39. So in the walls, by using the fiberglass, I mean by, by using the foam, you're going to get somewhere between an R16 and an R26 in the walls then up in your attic go ahead and put in like 15 inches of fiberglass insulation and uh, that'll kick you up to somewhere r38 to r49 and you got best of both worlds you got the high r value and a breathable house got you okay thank you sir you bet take care right. bye-bye and you know i i really haven't figured out why builders and insulation guys cannot get it through their head that's a better way to do it some of them have caught caught on after they've been sued a couple times but the fact that you can make the system work 
and still be able to use both products. You would think they'd that they'd jump all over that, but I don't know. Like people get set in their ways, and and up in the northern states where there's snow, you've got to seal the envelope. We're not in Minnesota. Robert, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Yeah, my wife and I downsized a couple years ago, and we've been at this little apartment complex, and they just replaced everything in our air conditioning system, the compressor, uh, the inside unit, the blower, cleaned out the vents. Um, have two bill cycles under my belt right now, and it's about 50 to 55% savings. But it starts freezing up now. The last five or six days, we noticed it started freezing up. And okay. it's the actual uh, filter portion seems to be smaller, according to what I've looked up online with the unit itself. And we've actually started closing our house up and turning it down a little bit. We, well, we like a little bit of fresh air, so sure. give me some help. Now, you mentioned that it's it, the system was changed out about two months ago, correct? Yes, sir. And you're just now starting to freeze up? Yes, sir. I'm wondering if you don't have a, a leak in the coolant system. When you okay. have a leak in the coolant, as the coolant levels drop, instead of cycling like it's supposed to, it actually freezes up. And uh, it kind of sounds like that's what you got going on. Okay, so it, it could have bled down for the last yeah. few months. Okay. Yep. And, and what about the uh, diameter of the filter? It has a very small filter now, and according to the specs, it looks like it needs about 2.5 times that much or 2.3 times well, what it if has. Well, if the air filter is too small, that can reduce the airflow, and by reducing the airflow, that also could cause it to freeze up because, you know, the the... The system is taking the moisture out of the air. It gets right. onto those coils, and then if it's not passing enough air through there to keep it drying off, right, it'll tend to freeze up. So it could be either problem, but I'm betting because the system was running for two months and now it's just starting to do this, uh, and it did help reduce your energy bill and everything. Oh my God! Unbelievable. We're going yeah. to stay a bit longer before the kids after the kids move. <laughs> well, that's why I'm betting that it's it's not going to be in the airflow. I think it's going to be in the fact that that the coolant is is level is dropping. Okay, because we did actually keep the house open with a little bit of fresh air on the drier days, uh -huh. which you know there's there's a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in the evening where we can use our patio and it's absolutely gorgeous. But then at the evening time here lately, we've, we've turned it down, you know, late sure. afternoon and evening. And um, yeah. it's just been it's been freaky the last, I don't know, five or six days. Well, you, you mentioned it's in an apartment. Just let the uh, complex know. And oh, they yeah, should yeah, have yeah. an AC guy come out with no problem. He should oh, be yeah. able to fix this with, with, you know, very. it should be a very minor fix. Right. I, I never listen to anything on the weekends. I'm never in the car, but this weekend I'm in the car, and I got it due to 740 in my, you know, during the week, but never on the weekends. <laughs> yep. Well, now you know where we're at, so you can tune yes, in sir, every I sure weekend. Do. I sure do, and I appreciate it. All righty. You take care. You too. Thank you, sir. Right now I'm talking with Gary from uh, Due West Air Conditioning. And, Gary, there was a couple quick questions before we jump into these calls here that I wanted to ask you. One... What is a contractor supposed to do when he comes out to sell you a new AC system? 
Well. And I know what they're supposed to do, and the reason I'm asking you about it is I'm getting way too many people who are telling me it ain't happening. No, it ain't happening. Uh, the not what you're supposed to do is throw paper at them, you know. They, uh, they come out there and they, they say, my unit's the best, and here's the price, and when do you want me to put it in? An air conditioning system is a big investment, and so it needs to be installed in right. It, installed right. It has to be. And so we, we approach what does that dwelling need to, to, you know, what system does it need to properly function to remove heat and humidity? And first and foremost is a load calculation. And LC in the, is the, the nickname within the industry, but it's right. a load calculation. We, we do a computerized load based on measurements, windows, doors, and R values, and we determine what system do they really need? What needs to go in there? And that's not being done a lot across this city and across this state. And that's where you get homes that feels wet. Dirty sock syndrome. My, you know, I'm cool, but I'm sweating. Uh, I, you know, you don't have time for me to name all the symptoms of that right there. Right. Robert, welcome to KTRH. How can we help you? Well, hello, guys. It sounds like an interesting show, and that's why I call. Thank you. All right. I bought a, an old farmhouse out in Lake Somerville area last year, and this house never had central units in it, always window units. It had an old Sears furnace from 1974, somewhere around there. I gutted the, the furnace system, and I had an AC guy come in. I had multiple AC guys come in and give me a quote. I took one of them. He used the old uh, vent, but he, he put in all new ductwork and a new unit. And I told him it seems like that master bedroom seems to be warmer than the rest of the house. And it's only one room, uh, probably 15 feet away from the unit. And uh, it seems like it's always a couple degrees warmer there. And... When the air conditioner kicks off, it always makes a funky noise. And I've complained to him about that, and he doesn't seem to think there's anything wrong with it. Well, excuse me for just a second. I've been coughing. I apologize. I uh, Let's address the thumping noise. Um, that is called an air pop uh, or a duck pop, depending on who you work for and who you're talking to. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm sorry. A duck pop. Is where a piece of sheet metal ducking up there um, is either bubbled out or bubbled in uh, because of the way it was banged together and beat together. And so when your furnace or your air conditioner comes on, it will either pop in if it's the return air or it will pop out if it's the supply air. Kind of like when you're sitting there popping a Coke can in and out. You got it. Exactly. Right, right. And, and I hear and it, it when it turns off. It is yeah, an, okay. Then you get it. Well, but it can be either way because when it turns off, your your see your plenum on the front of the unit could be swelled out, and it shuts off and it goes in, or right. or your return air on the back of the unit could be sucking in, and when it turns off, it pops out. So right. either way, yeah. it is not a hard. It won't hurt anything, but it's annoying as all get out. But That's what it is to me. <laughs> it's an easy fix. It is a really, I mean, you, 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 you identify that problem. Um, I'm just going to tell you what we do. We identify the problem. We take a piece of, uh, sometimes we can pop it out with, with some, some hand tongs and make it quit. If we can't, 
We'll take a piece of strap. We'll shoot a screw, uh, a, a strap into it. And we'll literally pull it out, and, and we'll tie that strap down somewhere so that it is out, and it won't go in and out. It just stays out, and okay. and you okay. you lose that problem. You don't hear it anymore, but it won't hurt anything. It's just annoying. Okay. Now your other your other question about the airflow, any duck that's close to the air conditioner is going to have a tendency to want to blow more air. It's just it's just it's that way. Right. Um, Hopefully, the guy that puts your system in over there, you start collars with balancing dampers because that's what they're all about. And uh, and so if, if I were in your shoes or if I was your contractor out there taking care of that problem, I'm going to go in and balance your house using those dampers, and, and I'm going to eliminate that problem by cutting back the airflow to that room. The only thing he suggested was just close the vents off a little bit more. Ah, uh, bad answer. Uh, you, I <laughs> you do not want to go in there and close your vents off. It's a bad answer. You, you're going to affect the rest. You, it, it needs to be balanced at the plenum. Okay. Then that's what I need to know. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you, sir. Bye. All right. Let's head back into the calls. And, uh, Mike, I said I was going to hit you first, so how can I help you? Uh, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, I have been informed that I need a, a total brand-new uh Central air conditioning system, and I've gotten quotes anywhere from five thousand up to eight thousand, and the cheapest one I'm able to find is five thousand with a fourteen sear uh, American Standard, and he suggested if I go ahead and spend a thousand dollars more and spend six thousand uh, to get the one with the heat pump, and he said in the long run you're paying a little more up front. But he said, you're going to get that money back, you know, in the winter after, you know, three or yep. four payments. So what, what is your, your thinking on that? Uh, my house is all electric, and I would not consider putting a system in without a heat pump. Really? The, the difference, the uh, strip heat versus heat pump, the heat pump operates at such a much lower cost. Uh, as an example, my heat pump went out one time. And I had to operate on the strip heat, six hundred dollars a month versus two to two fifty a month for my heating bill. It oh doesn't take very many months for it to pay for itself. Okay, well that's what I needed to know. Uh, any any thought on the on the he's putting in an American Standard? Is that uh, he said that's an offshoot of uh, of terrain or something like that? Yeah, they're, they're actually manufactured on the same assembly line. It's just when they get down where it's time to put the outer shell on them, one gets the train shell, one gets the American Standard shell. Ah. So they're, they're both great units. Uh, I, I will be honest with you. If I was looking at putting in a new unit, I would not look at a 14-seer unit right now. Oh, really? Step up to a 16. So step up to a 16. Yep. Why? Why is that? The the, the minimums are be, are being raised all the time. I mean, a few years ago, you could still, or last year actually, you could still get a thirteen sear even. But the energy efficiency difference as you step up, it is it is worth the difference to get the the higher efficiency units. Do you have any ballpark figure on how much more sixteen as opposed to fourteen will cost me? It, it will. It, It'll depend if, on what else you get with it. 
uh, normally it's not a huge step up in price. Okay, because he because he can do the whole thing uh, outside unit, inside unit, labor, parts, everything for uh, for six thousand, like six thousand five hundred something like yeah. that. Well, let me give you a, a quick quick cautionary note here on air conditioning systems. An air conditioner is only as good as the installer. So you can call you can call three, four, five different companies and get a price on the exact same unit that's gonna be different, but the difference is in the install. Now I happen to own an air conditioning company in Houston and so I have to deal with this all the time. And what you have to watch for is Make sure that they're uh, doing a load calculation to get the right size. Are they checking that the duct is right? Yeah, load calculation. And what the load calculation does is they come in, basically they draw the house up with a computer system, check the windows, check the insulation, how much ventilation, which way the house is facing. All this stuff gets plugged in. And that tells you what size unit you need. Something as simple as going from regular uh, single-pane aluminum frame windows to sto to uh, uh, vinyl double-pane windows makes a difference on what size unit you need. The secondary thing that you really got to be looking at is, like the up in the attic, the plenum. That's the, the big box that all the tubes come to that go out to your ducts. Yep. Some AC companies will use just a duck board. Some companies will use metal. You know, there's different ways of putting these things together. And it all makes a difference on how efficiently they run. And making sure that you've got the right size duck work. So often, builders, you know, come in and they undersize everything. Then when you put a new unit in there, the duck work is still undersized. So you got hot and cold spots. There's no dampers to be able to to uh, regulate all the stuff and that actually ends up making the unit have to work harder which runs your electric bill up well does that mean he's going to the duct work that's already up there which has been up there for years does well his price that he quoted me does that mean he's putting new ducking into or is he probably going to use the duct work that's already up there well that that's why i'm saying that's one of the things you have to check because some of these other guys may be putting in new duct work versus reusing what's there. You gotta oh, make sure you're comparing apples to apples. Gotcha. Look, I, I'm, I'm gonna give you one one thing. Call Advent Air and at least talk to them. And um, you know, go over what you're getting installed. Let them take a look at it. I'm not saying they're gonna give you a better price, but they are a Cadillac installation crew. And they will, you know, they, that way you, you at least have apples to apples of the, this is the standard. This is what I know it should be on an install to make it right. Well, Jim, I do appreciate your insight. And uh, I'm definitely going to look into going from the 16 to the 14. And definitely I'm going to get the heat pump for sure. Yep. Yeah. With, without question, get the heat pump. I, I do appreciate you answering my questions. You bet. Take care. And just for everybody listening, because I know, you know, the, the show gets listened all over the place. The further north you go, the more important that heat pump is. If you're down in Corpus Christi, you don't need a heat pump. You hardly ever use your heat. 
The further north you go, the more important that heat pump is if you're all electric. William, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Thanks for taking my call, Jim. I just have a quick question about a garage conversion, the flooring huh? aspect of it. I'm looking at uh, converting a shell car, car garage. I think the proper way, and correct me if I'm wrong, I like to put down some heavy plastic to keep it from wicking. On top of that, a grid of um, pressure-treated lumber, probably 16 inches on center. On top of that, uh, cement board. Then on top of that, put in the flooring. I'm thinking laminate or some type of tile flooring on top of that. Okay. Are you going to want to be able to take this out again to convert it back into a garage someday? Yeah. If I decide to sell the property, yep. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Unless there's a better way to make it permanent. What, what are your thoughts about it? Well, if you're going to make it or... permanent, you would actually just pour concrete in the garage to make it level it with the stick? rest of the house. It would stick? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I don't have to do any prep to the existing concrete floor? Nope. Okay. But I'd have to put some type of grid in the new concrete to make it nope. uh, more sturdy. Nope. Be because you're going, on, you're going over uh, existing concrete that has uh, reinforcing in it already. Right. Uh, now, I typically recommend that you put a fiber reinforcing in the concrete. Uh, okay. which is just these fiberglass strains. They dump it in, it mixes in, and basically it's there to, to minimize shrinkage cracks. But beyond okay. that, no, you really don't have to do anything, and that can lay out flat there and, and take care of all your stuff. Now, back to the way you were talking about, if you ever wanted to turn it back into a garage, and I typically recommend what, the way you were doing it because – you maybe want it as a room, but the next, if I bought the place, I'd want it back as a garage. Gotcha. And so I'd want to be able to take the stuff out. And yes, put down a vapor barrier because moisture will come up through a garage concrete floor. Use your, your wood grid, just like you were talking about. I, I do it a little bit different, though. I actually rip my two buys to match the slope on the garage floor. Exactly. That's what I plan to do. Yeah. Okay. But then on top of that, you're putting your plywood. You don't use a concrete backer board because concrete backer boards uh, are not structural. Okay. Uh, so, so I need you, to do the subfloor that you're talking about, probably pressure feed it as well? No. Nah. Uh, nah. Even even your two-bys that you're going to put on the floor don't need to be treated. You've got the, the uh, plastic down barrier. as a vapor barrier. You can use just standard two-bys. Your plywood can be standard two-bys, uh, or uh, not two-by, but uh, standard plywood. Um, and then if you want to put a concrete backer board over it, depending on what type of flooring you're putting down, you can. If you're putting carpet down, there's no reason to put a concrete backer board. But if you're going to go with a, a tile or something along that line, then, yes, you would want a concrete backer board. Great. Okay. That's pretty clear. Straightforward. Alrighty. William, Thanks, good sir. luck with that. Brandon, welcome to KRLD. Hi. How are you today? Doing wonderful. How about you? I'm doing very well, thank you, sir. I just got through driving uh, through Paris and those giant storms, and I'm finally seeing some sunny skies, so that's good. Well, the further um, west you go, the sunnier it's going to get. Yeah, I'm I know. Blue and I'm skies heading, now. I'm heading back to Carrollton. We actually uh, just bought a house in Carrollton, and I had a question about driveway repair. Yeah. Every time it rains, we can basically swim in our driveway. And I was looking, I'm not sure what route to take, if it needs to be completely torn up and just redone, or if there's a company I can call to come out and look at it, or what you might might suggest about something like that. It, you're, you're telling me it's holding water, correct? 
Yes, sir. Basically, okay. it's it's got a dip in it and it holds water uh, quite a bit, actually. So, well, depending on how how bad it is and if it actually sagged or was poured that way, there are things you can do instead of replacing it. Okay. Uh, mud pumping and foam injection or urethane injection uh, are the options that you have. And basically what the urethane does is it comes in and, and drills holes that are about five-eighth inch hole. Uh-huh. And you inject foam underneath. As the foam expands, it raises the concrete. Okay. Okay. I have actually seen videos of that on, yeah. on uh, the Internet. Mud pumping does basically the same thing, except you got to drill a two-inch hole. You have better control with the foam injection than you do the mud pumping as far okay. as control of how high it's going to come and all that. Uh, but depending on the situation with your concrete will dictate if that can be done or not. Is there a lot of cracks in the concrete? Um, there are a few, yes, sir. So mostly on the lower side towards the alleyway. Okay, because that can make it where you're better off to replace it than you are to try to pump it up with the urethane. I do have a couple more email things I would like to take care of. For clarification, is it common practice for an exterior paint contractor to charge per square foot for the overall house size or per square foot for the paint area? Well, here's a, here's a quick answer for that. It's a bid process. There is no set that they have to go by. One contractor may look at it and say, hey, it's going to be $2,000. The next guy looks at it and says it's going to be $5,000. Now, what did the $2,000 guy miss that the $5,000 saw or vice versa? Two-story versus one-story. What kind of plants are in the way and how well are they going to take care of those plants? Those are the things you got to worry about. You know, are they just going to go up and let everything fall down on your your plants, or are they going to try to protect the plants and and take care of them? Uh, how are they going to take care of the siding when they're putting the ladders against it and going up? Things like that can really make a difference, and that's the difference between a bootleg contractor and a legitimate contractor. When you're hiring a contractor. Always take a look at how long they've been in business. The number one scam that I see out there that contractors, and, and it's, I shouldn't even say contractors, that all businesses use, we have X number of years experience. And they take everybody in the business and add it up. Well, I'm going to use my company as an example. I, I've been, we've been in business since 1978. That's the number we use to advertise that we've been in business since 1978 under the same name and same family ownership. If we wanted to talk about experience, I'd start adding up all the guys. And we did that one time. And once we hit 2,000 uh, years of experience, we stopped because it was so ridiculous. That's, that's the reason I hate it when companies start advertising. We got so many years experience. Avoid those guys. They're saying that because they don't have the years in business to qualify to say that. Another quick question that had to come in. I have a 1,700-square-foot house with an AC that is getting ready to die. I need no larger than a four-ton, but I don't know which unit to get. I don't want a cheap grade, but I don't necessarily want the best. I only intend on staying in this house for five more years. Any suggestions? Yes, don't pre-qualify what you need for size. Get 
an AC guy out there that knows what they're doing, back to this experience and longevity in business, and get them to do a load calculation. What they're checking for is what size do you need? Guessing on the tonnage, you know, the old rule of thumb was 500 square foot per ton. That is a long time gone because it, it depends on insulation, windows, what facing, all this kind of stuff. you got to do the load calculations as far as what it needs. Secondary thing as far as brands, stick with your name upper brands. Carrier is a great one. I always recommend Carrier. But avoid a lot of these. If, if the builders are putting it in the homes, that's the brands you want to avoid. They buy the dirt cheapest brands they can get. They're typically not going to be putting in the upper brands. And if you need it to last you five years before you sell it, you better get a decent one. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 